0: yellow man <laughs> exactly uh, as uh, my friend Ziggy always puts it uh, podcasting is more for the podcaster than for the people that listen to it um, and uh, yeah I think well at least for me there's some truth in that <laughs>
1: yeah definitely I mean I mean why do you start podcasting because you want to Unless exactly. you yeah Like, yeah, you might have, like, a message you think is important or profound that you want to get out to whoever. So I guess that's somewhat altruistic, but, like, you do it for yourself, so. But it is important to keep your audience in mind. Whatever.
0: It helps. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of keeping my audience in mind, um, (laughs) I am not here uh, to talk with you about podcasting at length uh, because I've already done that uh And although I am fond of repeating myself, uh, I won't do that too much um, I am instead here to talk about with you uh, to talk with you about Bitcoin um, and well probably Bitcoin specifically and some more crypto in general, uh, but mainly Bitcoin. So uh, I think most people in the Liberty community, have a fairly uh, like a, a rough idea of what Bitcoin is. So, we'll get into mechanics in a little bit, um, but why Bitcoin and not one of the 100,000 other cryptos? Oh, man,
1: where do I start with that?
0: <laughs> so,
1: to be fair, Bitcoin isn't the first attempt at a decentralized digital currency. It was the first successful one. But in the past, there have been other attempts. You had Nick Szabo's BitGold. You had Adam Back's HashCash. You had Wei Dai's uh, B-Money or E-Money. I think E-Money, electronic <laughs> money. But you just had all these different attempts. And kind of what Satoshi did was he sort of... Steve jobs everything <laughs> in a way <laughs> like, like any other great invention out there. You just take pieces of ideas that have happened in the past and you take the good and you leave out the bad. And that's what right. he did with Bitcoin. And the reason why Bitcoin, I think the ultimate reason why Bitcoin is successful is because it truly is decentralized, meaning it's, It can be accessed by anyone, anywhere, at any time. And Mm -hmm. no one owns it. There's no CEO of Bitcoin. I mean, it's truly decentralized. What makes up Bitcoin is the network and how it's completely voluntary to opt in. And the incentives of the network are so strong in that... If you try to cheat the network, you are shooting yourself in the foot, and that goes into, you know, when you mine Bitcoin, um, which mining Bitcoin is, you might hear it's a bunch of computers trying to solve a math problem. It really works like traveling at the chocolate factory, so, <laughs> so like the golden ticket inside a chocolate bar or a Wonka bar, or whatever. Mm. Anyone in the world can buy a Wonka bar. And they're trying to open at random, like a lottery, that Wonka bar to get the golden ticket. Right. So that's how mining works. And if you try to, you know, get a majority of the Wonka bars in this case, then the difficulty adjustment that is programmed into the Bitcoin network increases to where it just makes it that much harder for you to actually get the golden ticket or a bitcoin mm-hmm. and even if you have a majority of the what it's called the hashing power because it's a hashing algorithm it's not in your interest to have you know a majority 51% this is what's called a 51% attack it's not in mm-hmm. your best interest to attack the network because all the bitcoin that you gained you are you know it you're essentially jeopardizing like losing all of that you lose the trust in the network and you basically had to make a entire new network and everything that you had on bitcoin is basically basically like, is trash it's worthless like everything that is like already on the ledger it's like well you fucked it up so that's when basically you make like a new chain so like it, it everyone's kind of forced to play by the rules and right and it, and Bitcoin's called digital gold for that reason because it is expanding. Not expanding. Uh, words are hard sometimes. You, <laughs> you're you're just exerting resources and energy, like you wow. have to mine gold in the real world. I mean, people take sticks of dynamite, blow shit up, hope that there's gold. Then you have to go and like process the gold or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Wizard of Oz. Uh, if you find him on Twitter, W-I-Z-A-U-S. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> just, just do some digging like that. He did a really great piece on um, mining gold versus mining Bitcoin, the pros and cons of that. And he's also on an episode of uh, BTC Sessions, Ben Perrin, which is a oh, great, cool. great place to start listening for, you know, Bitcoin for, for noobs. And he does a fabulous breakdown of, the news of Bitcoin and crypto, and, right. uh, and and so does so does David Bennett of the Bitcoin and podcast. Mm-hmm. But on Ben Perrin's show, um, BTC Sessions, he had Wiz on to talk about the essay he wrote. I, I believe it's Wiz, uh, right? But so, but uh, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> did I answer your uh, question? That was kind of long-winded. So if I need to uh, <laughs> backtrack, no, I'm um, more than happy to.
0: Um. So, uh, let's see, one of the things you said is that, um, essentially, Bitcoin de-incentivizes fucking with uh, the way it's supposed to work. Exactly. Um, It's game theory. Yes. So, is this exclusive to Bitcoin, or uh, does this happen with other cryptos as well?
1: I mean, it happens with other cryptocurrencies, but the difference is, Bitcoin is... It has what gold has, which is called the Lindy effect. So basically, like, first come, first serve, you, you get there, y- your name sticks around the longest. But, you know, even that's not true with Bitcoin. Bitcoin, like I said, isn't the first time someone tried to make a digital currency, but it's the first successful no. one. And you, I mean, as, you know, we're Austrians, man, like, value is objective. And people, the market... I mean, it's a nearly two hundred billion market cap of Bitcoin, and no other cryptocurrency has that. So it's the most liquid digital asset, and right. and again, you have the immaculate conception as well, because what Satoshi Nakamoto did was that he walked away from the project, and he when and he has about I don't know how many millions, but he's got. A shit ton of bitcoins that he mined himself on the network and he has not moved a single one i mean how altruistic is that to be honest i mean that is so, just
0: so powerful wait, and he, he even
1: announced
0: mm-hmm, he doesn't have these bitcoin in his own possession anymore
1: no no he does he just has not moved oh, them okay. so you right. know he's got billions of dollars in worth on the network and he hasn't moved them right and um, I was going to go somewhere with that. <laughs> oh, and, and, and it's he, he just disappears. I mean, like, right. you can't uh, recreate that story. I mean, people try, but it's just, it, it's impossible. I mean, liquidity begets liquidity at the end of the day. Now, right. hey, if Bitcoin fails for some whatever reason, then... Bitcoiners will probably, you know, you know, had to take the medicine, but they'll just rebuild. And whether or mm-hmm. not they call the new project Bitcoin, you know, that's that's debatable. But it was well worth a shot. But really, there's no other reason to, to use anything else other than uh, use anything else for money. Because at the end of the day, that's what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin mm-hmm. was... Born out of the great financial crisis of 2008. In the Genesis block, the oh, first block, okay. the first plans, transaction block that was mined, mm-hmm. it said uh, Satoshi coded in, Chancellor on brink of second bailouts for banks. And I mean, this is the solution. It's sound money that is digitally scarce. There are 21 million Bitcoin and only 21 million will ever be created you know it's not like a money printer go burr bullshit where the federal reserve (laughs) just manipulates it it is peer-to-peer where we don't have to rely on a third party to send money between each other it's that's why what that's what makes a digital cash It's a digital bearer asset. You know, I I keep bringing up, it's like Frodo in the ring, you know, like you are bearing this powerful thing and I can send, it's a push system. It's not a pull system. I can't take it from anyone. My private Mm -hmm. keys, which is my password, my cryptographic private key is what allows me to be the bearer holder of this digital gold asset and to push Mm -hmm. it wherever I want So it's like trying to send somebody an email. If I send you a file, like an MP3 file, I still have a copy of that thing. But with Bitcoin, that's not the case. It is your file now. So if I send Bitcoin to your public key address, it is your Bitcoin. It is not mine anymore. And it's, it's also censorship resistant. I mean, you have 1933... FDR had executive order 6102 where to pay for the uh, great new deal, not the great new deal, whatever his new deal, the, bullshit. Tommy yeah, Whatever program. <laughs> he, I mean, he made uh, holding gold illegal to hold and he basically confiscated it from Americans. Whereas mm-hmm. Bitcoin is not like that because again, it's just a digital bearer asset To where if I know the magic words, like this is the power and beauty of cryptography. If I know the magic words, they are stuck in my goddamn head. And you, the only way to get it out of my head is to threaten me at the point of a gun. You shove that barrel in my mouth, and I guess I have no choice. But other than that, even if the state has to do that and go door to door, it's not going to last. And this is why I think everyone should read the the sovereign individual, because Bitcoin is really a peaceful revolution against the state. It is Mm. the first time we actually have a true separation of money and state. You've heard the separation of church and state and, you know, not whether or not we, we have that, that's debatable. But we what we do have is a separation of money and state. And it's not going to be worth their time and energy and, you know, productive use of their time and our resource, really, because they tax the shit out of us. But it's not going to be worth it to them because violence is only going to go so far and they're going to exhaust themselves. So that is why Bitcoin is is power to the individual. It is giving it is the ultimate source of independent property rights. And I always stress this because property rights and human rights are inseparable you can't have one without the other how do you express Mm -hmm. the things that you value and you love as an individual you do that with your purchasing power because value is subjective and you show those values with how you vote with your dollar with your feet and whatever you have you know what whatever whatever ideology that you carry i mean you Mm -hmm. You you protect those with the the resources at your disposal, and it's I mean Bitcoin just ultimate freedom. It's it's free speech money. It's fuck you money, and <laughs> it's it's mine and it's not yours. Yeah. And because so, of the Lindy effect, there's no other crypto that can really replace it until Bitcoin dies. Uh, mm. you know you heard it here first. Until Bitcoin dies, then yeah <laughs> something else will come along, but. Nothing, nothing can compare.
0: Right. So, uh, I have a few questions about this. Yeah. Uh, And I wanted to get into the mechanics as well at some point. Um, But, uh, well, first of all, um, with general economics uh, and Bitcoin especially, I'm a bit like a dog is with life. I understand fuck all about it, but I'm very enthusiastic about it. Wait, Um, you're... I'm sorry, you don't understand what? Uh, well, neither economics nor Bitcoin. Um, okay. So, uh, but I mean, I'm very enthusiastic about it. I all love it, uh, much like a dog. So, um, my first main question is, uh, there is a finite amount of Bitcoin, right? Um, so... Uh, once all of the Bitcoin is mined, what does this mean for um, the, uh, the the potential, I guess, to acquire wealth? Because at some point, there just is no more, like no more extra money, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, for sure. Now, yeah. I have no idea if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it's just... I don't know it just kind of popped into my mind as a potential problem
1: yeah no totally and you know it's, it wasn't until recently i kind of kind of had a eureka moment about this and some help from some bitcoin friends but ultimately it is the ultimate version of sound money because unlike the current system that we have you have the federal reserve and central banks manipulating the supply of money when they do that and they print money what that does is basically says that the money that you earn is not worth shit because what is money money is really time and what you do with your time is is precious because we only have a finite amount of time on this earth no one knows when you're going to die so you need to take advantage of every moment but basically when the fed prints money or just Causes inflation, which inflation is just an increase in the money supply. Like, yes, prices might go up eventually, but ultimately, it's the increase of money in the economy. And when that happens, of course, the value of your dollar diminishes. And with Bitcoin, that can't be the case because there is a finite amount. And with Bitcoin, it is a deflationary asset as opposed to an inflationary Mm -hmm. asset, meaning that the exact opposite happens in what the current system has. So unlike printing more money and uh, destroying our purchasing power, like, you know, let's take Monopoly. Press and Pish uses this example all the time. <laughs> but if we're playing Monopoly, and uh, honestly, I can't remember the last time I played, so if I fuck up this example, my apologies. <laughs> but, you know, let's say that uh, I guess we both have like $500 or um. Hmm. Hmm. How does this work out? <laughs> if we, if I don't know, like I'm <laughs> winning, like I have a thousand, you have five hundred. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we're we're doing great. But then if I if I have like the money printer and I just completely have like, uh, you know, if I have like double the amount, then what I'll probably do is buy the assets that you have, and you get, uh. Um, you, you basically, you know, don't have, like, an incentive to uh, earn more money. I mean, to, right. to really, like, do more. I mean, you just sit yeah. and get free money. And this is, like, what QE is, and this is, uh, you know, what uh, UBI is as well. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's okay for a while, but eventually what that's going to do is that um, it, it, with the Cantillion effect, basically whoever is closest to the money spigot will be able to hedge against the inflation that they create, because the double amount of money that I have is going to circulate into the economy eventually. Uh, it's probably going to start at assets and create bubbles like you see in uh, you know, the stock market, real estate, uh, uh, um, college, healthcare, all these different um, sectors of the economy. Those are probably going to be the first ones to inflate because, you know, they're the most important and profitable. And then eventually that, that, that money is going to... You're going to start to see, like, an increase in prices at the grocery store. And mm-hmm. what's happened? You're still doing whatever you're doing. Like, yeah, I may have... I may have, like, bought you off, right? But... Right. That only lasts so long unless if you invest in other things right. but you don't have that incentive to invest anymore remember so yeah. in that case you're starting to lose money if you're not investing and what's happening prices of everything else in the economy are starting to go up so you're fucked and this is eventually <laughs> what happens in countries like venezuela and y- y- yeah. you see hyperinflation now let's take it back to bitcoin with bitcoin the exact opposite happens because there's only a there's a finite supply of Bitcoin that will be created. Mm-hmm. Will be around like I can't remember if it was 96 or 99 percent uh, mined Bitcoin. Like that, the, the supply of that will be completely mined uh, by 2028. So we're basically there. Good. Okay. but yeah. um, but eventually, um, you know, it, it's it's going to officially stop in the year 2140, and What what it really, yeah, it's crazy, right? But like, what that (laughs) means is that the value of Bitcoin that you have, because it's finite, is going to increase, and Uh, you can think of of, yeah, and you can think of it like like a hundred pennies in a dollar, right? I mean, this is (laughs) when you hear old people talking about getting a milkshake for. A milkshake for a nickel, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, that's before all the QE and bullshit happened. Like, how much is a, does a milkshake cost now? Probably like thousands of percent more than than a nickel. Probably yeah, probably five thousand percent, depending on like where you're getting your milkshake. So, um <laughs> yeah, like a, a crappuccino at Starbucks or whatever. But uh, but there are a hundred million satoshis in one bitcoin. And, like, eventually right. we think of it, like, one Satoshi is going to be the equivalent of, like, $1, right? So, or, right. you know, where, where, where do you live again? The Netherlands. Okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that that unit of account becomes much stronger. And, mm-hmm. you know, even if we have to, if we need to have more units, then instead of Satoshi, all you do is cut that in half. And you have a sub-Toshi Sub Satoshi, I right. like seeing Sub Satoshi because it's just more fun. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, like what it's doing is putting the purchasing power back into the individual. And yeah, I mean we are we are profiting off the you know the 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 fruits of our labor, and you know if you try to put savings away, you're gonna lose. Two percent of it, or whatever the hell it is, every year, whatever the inflation target is, and yep, the beauty of that is that you don't have central planners dictating <laughs> your your monetary and fiscal yeah, policies exactly. like that. Yeah. So yeah, Bitcoin is basically um, the opposite of what the
0: hell that we're living in now. Yeah, that makes it pretty clear to me. Um, I have another question about this, which is completely unrelated. Um, but uh one potential problem I see for, uh, let's say a, uh, wider acceptance of Bitcoin is the existence of boomers. Um, because, uh, good luck trying to get, uh, a boomer to figure out how to work a Bitcoin wallet. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a boomer and I've had, uh, a hard enough time with it already. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, as much as I think that boomers shouldn't be handling their own money, uh, they do technically still uh, like have the right to, uh, to to have their own money and to use it the way yeah. they see fit. Wait, uh, did you say that you don't think boomers should have the right to use their money?
1: Cause, <laughs> yes. Because they fucked up society as yes, it is? <laughs> well, I mean, yes. it's a boomers' well, generation that like took us off the gold standard officially in 1971. So, like, I like to call them sure. Generation Fiat. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. no, I totally see what what you're saying. So, you know, eventually, like, and not just boomers. I, I interviewed Alex Fetsky on my show, and he mm-hmm. said this on Tales from the Crypt podcast, um, and he said this in the past. People are going to come to Bitcoin for either two reasons out of curiosity or pain, like they'll need it. And where we're at right now, the wallets are functional. You can use them. Right. They're pretty intuitive at this point. When it comes to things like the Lightning Network or running your node, no one's going to be expected to do like all the hardcore Bitcoiner being super private and super secure kind of stuff. Um, eventually that's all going to be abstracted away. And a lot of people right. said this before, but I mean, do you know how your email works? Like um, IMAP and like all the different protocols and I mean, the OSI model and all the, the layers of the internet. I mean, how many people will actually understand truly how the internet works or how their phone works Very few. or how networks work? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it just becomes second nature because out of necessity, we're kind of forced. I mean, think of if we were all on snail mail, right? Like, could you imagine like having to live like that? No. And that's (laughs) really, that's, that's really what Bitcoin's going to be. Like all of it's going to be abstracted away. And this just takes time. But if you just think of how fast development has progressed in a short 11 Mm -hmm. years coming up on 12 years, it's incredible. It's, it, it's oh, yeah. incredible. And um, another point I want to bring up is uh, crap. Huh? Let me think <laughs> about this. I don't know. I mean, boomers may or may not be here <laughs> at that point. <laughs> um, you know, that, that that's crude. But um,
0: well, uh, this podcast is crude. So
1: don't worry. <laughs> no. Um, oh, so uh, it's. Coming, it's becoming more acceptable for people in the legacy financial system to invest in Bitcoin. There Mm -hmm. was a there was a news story that said about thirty six percent of hedge funds, I believe, are investing in Bitcoin, and I think like the you know the golden numbers like one to two percent, uh, for like speculative investments and assets. It's, right. it's catching on, because uh, J.P. Morgan's offering banking services to Coinbase, of all things. Now, yeah, but, but that kind of gets fishy, because, you know, if you learn about <laughs> the cartel that is the Federal Reserve, then basically what happens is government, the state, comes in and makes a cartel out of every industry they can. The difference here, though, is that, you know, they still won't be able to have a monopoly on Bitcoin. It will just be that one company. But clearly, yeah. uh, frankly, Bitcoin doesn't give a fuck who you are and who uses it <laughs> um, because it's decentralized. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's the beauty of Satoshi being gone. Whoever he, she, they, it is. You can't go and kill Satoshi, take him out. In fact, I think it was a uh, I can't remember if it was... Gavin andreessen or uh or, or some one of the head developers who uh was kind of like put in charge before Satoshi pieced out I believe that he was going to go to the CIA uh and that's kind of like when Satoshi kind of peaced out I, so I guess like his own insiders yeah. like ratted on him it's kind of like kind of like how uh, <laughs> h- how Judas fucking rats out Jesus in the, in the bible in a way <laughs>
0: you know um, that um, yeah. Uh, that whole thing with Satoshi makes me think uh, is there a chance that this guy is just playing like the long game like a fucking pro <laughs> like, is this guy just holding on to his bitcoin like a determined uh, son of a bitch. I mean, like, you know what? Hey, we I'm called those hodlers. We called those hodlers a last resort.
1: <laughs> and it could be, but, you know, what I like to think is that there were, you know, like I mentioned, there were people like Nick Zabo, um, uh, Adam Back, uh, Hal Finney. Yeah, th- think of, you know, like top three, four brains behind Bitcoin. They all kind of contributed. Mm-hmm. Hal Finney was the first person to receive a transaction of Bitcoin from Satoshi, but right. and I'm not like the only one who thinks this, but if I could guess who Satoshi was is, I would say it would be Hal Finney, but okay, I, I, I hope it's Hal because unfortunately Hal passed away, I think in 2014 from ALS, uh, Lou Gehrig's oh, disease. Damn. But if that's the case, is that not the most romantic story of, you know, you think, you think of him as like Steve Jobs in Bitcoin into existence, minus like the asshole Steve Jobs part about it, but
0: minus the uh, black turtleneck. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, like yelling at his uh, employees, but or and making his daughter cry. I think. Didn't she write a book about that or some shit? I don't know.
0: Anyway. I have no idea. But, um... <laughs> but, considering, but anyway... I mean, <laughs> maybe considering the, the general area that uh, Steve Jobs was operating in, yelling is probably significantly uh, better than what most of them do. Uh, oh, yeah, just keep it up inside, digital. and
1: then they just implode. <laughs> I guess. But, oh, no, yeah, um I, I think option. it was just... I, I, I think that mainly Satoshi was half funny he, he passed away. Uh But what also if you have a decentralized currency, what better way to have it live on is decentralize the creators have for them, but, mm-hmm. you know, have it kind of questionable up in the air, like who they really are. Um, so I can't recall how we kind of like got to that
0: topic, but <laughs> yeah. Did I answer your question? <laughs> uh, I, I think so. Um, I may have lost track as well. Uh, <laughs> but I've, i'm sure uh my listeners will uh will will have uh they can give me shit they can pop into my dms and you
1: know (laughs) bitch at me or whatever
0: yeah hey phil you fucking asshole (laughs) um we interrupt this program for a special report by boston makes the news please boston take it
2: away From What the F*** Is Going On Studios, this is a Boston Makes the News special report. Unparalleled ravage the streets of downtown Bay City today. Citizens fear for their very lives as the city comes to grips with its latest crime wave. Bay City has a nose thief. It's no surprise that the police suspect a cosmetic surgeon. The attacks are too clean, too precise. There are accounts of noses being stolen down Santo Manuelo Boulevard, the masked perpetrator bragging and boasting, and then they vanish only with the deviant deadbeat's catchphrase, I've got your nose. The worst part is, nobody knows how he returns them, but he always does. The victims are reported to reach for their noses, only to find that they were somehow returned as the olfactory outrider makes his escape. Take Leanne Richards of Heavenly Bills, California. Yes, Leanne, the million-dollar schnoz Richards of late-night TV fame. She was accosted on her way to her car late after a taping last night.
0: Hi, so I swear I just about had, like, a heart attack. It's not the first time I lost my nose, and, like, I can't live without it. It's how people, like, know me and stuff. So somebody's gonna have to, like, nail this asshole. Like, how am I supposed to smell what the rock is cooking?
2: It is my most sincere hope that this nasal narcissist is brought to justice, the sweet Heady, intoxicating smells of individual liberty, freedom, and responsibility are meant to be shared. To deprive one of its scent and meaning is to cut off your own nose, despite your face. This has been Boston with a Boston Makes the News special report. Back to you in the studio, Bullshito.
0: Well, thank you, Boston, for this special report. And let's all hope this menace is caught soon. Now, back to the program. So, another thing I was wondering about is that um, Bitcoin is clearly not uh, cash. As in, I can't just grab a bunch of it and, like, give it to you uh, face-to-face, you know? So, I mean, you uh, can wait, what? Actually, continue. What what do you mean by that? So, it's not like, um, you know, just a couple of coins or or some banknotes that I can uh, pull out of my physical wallet uh, and, like, give to you. So, uh, I mean, I personally, I like fucking off in the wilderness quite a lot. You know, going kayaking, climbing, whatever. Uh, So, uh, I am often very far away from an internet connection. Oh. Um, there we are, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would like uh, to be able uh, to pay my cocaine dealer that I'm meeting halfway down the river uh, in some sort of cash, you know, without needing the yeah. internet. Yeah, so
1: there's a couple solutions you got here. One, you have to remember that it's amazing that you can basically carry your life savings in your brain and walk across any border. And when you do find internet connection, you can just download a wallet, put in your phrase, boom, got your your got all your sats there. There, there are some other um, hardware solutions that actually do treat Bitcoin like a digital bearer asset. So CoinKite. Okay. Uh, who are the creators of, honestly, like, hands down the best hardware wallet manufacturers probably in the market right now. Uh, mm-hmm. CoinKite makes the cold card, and it's com- completely air-gapped, and, you know, uh, basically, they, they make, like, an open dime. An open dime basically looks like a, like a kind of USB stick kind of deal. Right. Kinda, and what you do mm-hmm. is you basically you, you can put as much Bitcoin on there as you want. I oh, actually I don't know how mm-hmm. much, but you you can put a decent amount. It's like this little stick that you yeah. carry around and mm-hmm. you kind of treat it like, like it's bullion, to be honest. And, right. and if you break it, quote unquote, break it, I think you actually do physically mm-hmm. like, uh, like puncture it or something. Like if you do that, then, um, you know, like you, you can't like spend it. Like that's the way to like spend it. Like sending oh, okay. it from one one address to another, but you don't want to right. do that. Otherwise, it's like no. pointless, and you like lose the the Bitcoin. But you pass it along, um, and you like treat it like, like 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 a bar of gold in a way. Um, so that's one solution. Like kind of you know semantics a little bit, and then Blockstream. Yep. Blockstream is uh, composed of a lot of the original Bitcoin developers, like Adam Back, like. Uh, Ah, uh, crap! Forgetting his name. Uh, <laughs> anyway, some like old school Bitcoin developers, uh, of the uh, Blockstream uh, Federation. Uh, they have like a side chain, and they they are uh, you know a f- part of the 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 Liquid Network and everything. What they do is they play with mesh network te- technology. So oh, they right. have been able to actually, and they just came up with a awesome uh, update to this, uh, scaling wise, but you can basically satellite your Bitcoin like out from space, like they rent satellites like okay. from NASA Damn. and and you can basically like set that up like without internet, just like pull up your desktop and like, there you go, like have your monitor and you know, just, uh, just satellite your, your Bitcoin to get mm-hmm. right there in space. So a lot right. of this stuff is still like being worked on because we're super early. And yeah, it yeah. is kind of an issue. But you know, it's it's really amazing how far into the future these oh, yeah. people Absolutely. think. Because they're cypherpunks. And yeah. uh they they have no choice but to have like the greatest operational security and thinking about every variable that could no, attack the not. network
0: so uh basically uh if i understand you're right um at this point we have some solutions already um for essentially physically carrying uh your bitcoin with you um but we're still like just about 10 years well 12 years in so like give it another 5 or 10 years uh, and we'll have something even better. Yeah, definitely. Maybe even like before that. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to, uh, I don't know, like go to my cocaine dealer and like buy a flying car halfway down the river, you know? Uh,. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: yeah. hey man we could be there by now but if it, if it wasn't for like the state and just putting arbitrary
0: patents on everything a fucking government getting in the way of my flying car again God yeah, damn it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um all right yeah i think i'm getting a pretty decent uh understanding of uh the the pros mostly um and there don't seem to be any Major cons, especially not compared to uh, Fiat. Um, well, maybe it's a bit less easy to actually, you know, burn up a few Bitcoin uh, if you want to show off how rich you are. Uh, but uh, what do you mean? Um, oh, burn up as in print up? No, 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 burn, burn? as in light on fire. Oh,
1: yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, it it just makes, like, the network, like, more volatile, I guess. But, like, that's, like, retarded. So, why why would you do that? I mean, there's already about, like, 3 million Bitcoins, like, at least that are, like, lost because of the Mt. Gox hack that happened. So, I think that was back in 14 or 15. I mean, people... This is why it's important to be the holder of your keys, because as andreas antonopoulos said it the best not your keys not your bitcoin and if you leave your yeah. and man this is why the fiat system is so broken and we're taking the advantage of because every dollar or whatever currency you have i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm an un- uncultured uh
0: on over here but every so, every dollar I mean, that dollar you have it's pretty well to euro so
1: you know <laughs> right on. yeah i mean the euro dollar i mean y'all are basically like a you know a bitch monetary slave. yeah monetary bitch slave to the u.s dollar hegemony so my apologies but you don't have to be if you buy Bitcoin. Oh, well, but like Except- what, what i was trying to say is that like the money that you have in your bank account or even the money the cash that you have like it's still a federal note you don't own it it's almost like mm-hmm. the government is being like, you know, <laughs> it's like the patriarchy, but like they're being nice enough to <laughs> to let you like borrow their dollars, but like you don't own that shit when your money is in the bank that you're giving up your custody in order for them to hold it for you. Yeah, and, exactly. and with Bitcoin, it's not the case because again, not your keys, not your coins. And exactly. Yeah. And it, it all goes and, back uh, to like we finally have yeah. that
0: separation of money's state like never before. And considering that, uh, especially here in Europe, we're basically all Germany's bitch. Uh, yeah. And that includes the banks. I would say it is a very bad idea to put uh, your money in the bank uh, or to invest, invest in crypto in general. Um, because being Germany's bitch is never a good thing. Yeah. Um, we know this from uh, history. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I
1: mean, um, uh, Paul Warburg. Or Daddy, Daddy Warbucks himself. He, <laughs> he modeled the Federal Reserve after uh, the, uh, I guess, it's Deutsche Bank? Or whatever the, the uh, Central Bank of, yeah, of Germany is. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's, uh, shit, where was it going with that? I don't know. It's just like a rehacking of what already happened in, in history and just making a more authoritative, bastardized version of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh... I touched on something related to this with Bird a while ago. Um, Somehow every invention seems to start or every terrible invention seems to start uh, with the French and then the Germans (laughs) build on it and make it even worse. Oh, no way. um, Yeah, so uh, let's take uh, everyone's favorite example of hyperinflation. Um, Basically, the French kind of reinvented It happened in ancient Rome a few times, but that was just because of civil war and and some bullshit. Um, But essentially, the French, they had the revolution and they got rid of the king. And I mean, having hyperinflation under a king is kind of hard because all the money in circulation is just the king's money. So, I mean, either the king makes money or loses money, but it's not like there's just going to be a bunch more money all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, But then uh i mean the french revolution took place around the same time at the invention of the printing press as well so the french were like you know what let's be smart and start printing money so they started printing money and printing money and printing more and more and more money uh and then suddenly they had hyperinflation um which uh on a side note of a side note of side note is also why you <laughs> shouldn't have revolutions um because they always end up making shit worse. Um, yeah. Fuck, where was I going with this? Well, uh, if I can just kind of
1: riff off of that, it's yeah. kind of scary. Because that's where, you know, with all this COVID bullshit and uh, you know, the markets and all this social and racial tension and people being out in public bearing their own arms. It, it mm-hmm. looks like uh, unfortunate boogaloo about to, to brew up, huh. and um, you know Bitcoin's kind of the antithesis of that. And one of the running meme jokes is that Bitcoiners are going to create citadels, which is kind of like <laughs> a it's kind of like a, a, a Hopian concept in a way, Almost, having yeah <laughs> having your own like you know private cities like panarchy. But the beauty about Bitcoin is it's a peaceful revolution because Mm -hmm. all you do is obtain it and it's voluntary and you opt out. You opt out of this fiat world that you are coerced and uh, subjected to. And i much rather have Bitcoin catch on and it's great to see people like, uh, you know, jpm bank and even Goldman Sachs, who probably are uh, stacking their own sats but they came out with like a fud research paper about how bitcoin and crypto is like evil like don't invest in it but Shh. it's starting to catch on <laughs> golden shock here hearing, hearing rumors <laughs> about you know russia uh you know having their own bitcoin or mining it or uh and especially like iran and all the so-called you know axis of evil powers or people that are just <laughs> subject to the swift system i mean it's it's beautiful because markets provide markets strive mm-hmm. it's it's inevitable that's why you have quote unquote black markets because as people it's only it's only natural for us to progress for ourselves and our self-interest as much as possible and what's unnatural is to have this arbitrary authoritative figure, the state to prevent you from bettering yourself. And that's why black markets get created. So exactly. i that's one of the reasons why I think Bitcoin is really inevitable. There, yep. there There's a figure on Twitter named Bitcoin Tina, which uh, Tina is uh, an acronym for, there is no other alternative. And that's uh-huh. with all the markets and everything. That's where it, I see everything heading. And I can't yeah. tell you when. I mean, you know, you'll hear people like <laughs> Ron Paul and all the other Austrians, you know, talk about, oh yeah, there's going to be a big financial collapse. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's a coming.
0: That's kind of like how Bitcoin is,
1: but it it's as much as people want to bitch about how Bitcoin isn't user-friendly and yeah, it's it's just things aren't ready. And there aren't scaling solutions. Well, one, that's bullshit. And it's just incredible to see how far, how fast uh, the pace has been.
0: Well, I mean, uh, just to riff off of that a little bit, uh, Bitcoin isn't user-friendly isn't much of an argument. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fucking car wasn't user-friendly when it was invented. Exactly. Uh, But here we are, you know. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that when the... uh, Fokker Brothers, which are like the main uh, Dutch developers of the planes flew their little uh, like wooden thing with like double wings and like no cockpit that you just kind of had to lie on top of well that wasn't very user friendly either Um, (laughs) but now here we are (laughs) Uh, you know that's uh, and I mean so what if even if Bitcoin somehow remains incredibly user unfriendly uh, and honestly, it's there's, really there's competition. Not. Yeah. Yeah. But let's hypothetically, even if it were like, there's competition. So someone will at some point come up with something better because there's an incentive to, mm-hmm. um, unless Bitcoin just turns out to be the best shit ever. Um, which is entirely possible. Uh, I mean, Cocaine hasn't fallen out of fashion yet, so, <laughs> you know, yeah. And if and if you're a coke, deal, do you
1: you and coke like? Do we need to have a talk? <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Just,
0: I don't know, man. Uh, I don't uh, judge. No, it's fun. Been on if, coke jokes roll tonight.
1: <laughs> right on. Uh, no, what I was gonna say, like, hey, man, if it's if it's working for drug dealers, then Bitcoin works for anyone. Like, yeah. that's really the ultimate test of it's all on the Black mar- black markets, And, uh... Yeah, I just think it's inevitable. And it's fun. And if anything, it's... I'm not... <laughs> this sounds cheesy, but I'm not the same person I was before Bitcoin. I was already challenging, I guess, my intellect with anarchy and, you know, Austrian economics and going down that podcast and audiobook rabbit hole but bitcoin <laughs> right. bitcoin turned it up bitcoin took it to another level bitcoin kind yep. of forced me to acquire new skills because i didn't touch bitcoin for the longest time because i thought i wasn't a tech person but you know i just kind of realized like the power of of bitcoin i mean the eureka moment i have with bitcoin is when I was able to basically tell my bank to fuck off and I was able to use Bitcoin to buy a VPN when it, my credit card and debit cards would not go through when I was trying to get a NordVPN. So, it was so empowering. Uh, yeah. And you can apply that to any like black market situation. But uh, there's a great Bitcoin podcast called What Bitcoin Did with Peter McCormick. I would recommend mm-hmm. uh, you know, your listeners go check that out. He's got the Beginner's Guide to Bitcoin. It's like 17 episodes. You know, take take your time with it. Uh, but he put that out at the yeah. beginning yeah. of uh, this year, 2020. And it it's a great walkthrough. The who, the what, the when, the why, the how, the history of Bitcoin. But his story was that he had to use... Yeah, funny enough, he was into Coke, too. And where'd he get it? Uh, Silk Road. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, yeah. it, it, through the Silk Road is actually how he got clean. Because there were like... So, uh there were forums uh you know It was kind of like reddit it's like yeah you it's an ebay that you can like get drugs off of and whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck else but then there there were like these forums where uh like support groups kind of were and uh he got clean there but then he had to go back and get uh, you know some some weed for his mom because i think she was having cancer or arthritis or whatever but you know he needed uh actually it wasn't even weed it was cbd oil I, can't, I don't know what year this oh, was, but at some time uh, during this time, they couldn't get her uh, the CBD oil to you know make the pain go away, and that's what Bitcoin really enabled. And Bitcoin's going to mean a lot of different things to a lot of people, but like ultimately, it's going to be a currency. Whether or not it's going to be used by the masses as a currency right now. That's debatable. Mm-hmm. You have countries like Lebanon where they are burning down their banks, and in Argentina yeah. where there's hyperinflation there too, and Venezuela. Like Bitcoin is going to be a volatile asset for volatile times, and the countries that are going to start using it first are going to be those countries that are most that are most victimized by their governments. Now here right. in the states, and you know, like first world countries, you know, we're kind of sitting fat and happy. And we're just using it as, like, the specu- speculative asset, hodling. And we're, in a way, incentivized to not spend it because if that gets tracked, then that's, like, a 20% like capital gains tax. So, you know, there's yeah, that. Exactly. There's that about it. But also, it's a safe haven for first world countries because when the market takes a shit like it did on March 12th, people go to Bitcoin. They sell their Bitcoin to get cash right so you know they wake up to a less bloody monday once the week rolls over because bitcoin doesn't have any it doesn't have any breakers like uh stop breaks whatever the fuck it's called like it it runs 24 7 365 it's not the markets it doesn't run the same fucking hours as the dmv does it's a safe haven that people can rely on (laughs) like yeah they might treat it as digital gold and it will it might be worth more than gold at some points um which is another reason why it's like the ultimate version of digital gold because it's, um, it's uh, stock-to-flow model is going to be lower right. because uh, within, I think, the ne- next epoch or next have- halving, where the supply mm-hmm. of Bitcoin that gets mined cuts in half, uh, you know that just makes each Bitcoin out in the market even more valuable because there's less of it because of scarcity, digital right. scarcity. Yep. But in the next halving it's going to surpass the uh, stock-to-flow model of gold, meaning that there will be less Bitcoin mined in the world than there is gold mined in the world. So, yeah, that that might you know just replace gold as a speculative like uh, you know safety hedge asset as it is. But um, you know, I I don't know if uh, if any of the big legacy investors are gonna start selling. Their uh, their Bitcoin. If the market does take more of a shit, because I think people are starting to call bullshit on the Federal Reserve and on the printing, because the market's like oh, yeah. breaking records and everything is just a complete bunk. Because all it is is stimulus and people yeah. repurchasing. Repurch- I mean, hurts. Hurts is fucking bankrupt. Like they are so negative. Yep. And and yet, you know, I forget which day last week. You know, markets hit all time high. It it, it doesn't yeah, add up exactly. if if unemployment is where it's at as as it is i mean it's it's complete ma- manipulation it's authoritarianism and with bitcoin you don't have to be subject to that we have an option we yeah. have the option to opt out peacefully and start new lives
0: exactly yeah um i have one more question before i let you go um and that is um By my understanding, uh, Bitcoin isn't uh, quite anonymous or quite untraceable, partly Mm -hmm. uh, on purpose because of how the whole uh, ledger works. Yeah, you want the ledger Um, to be
1: auditable. So it's pseudonymous in that, okay, so we talked about private keys, basically a password that lets you push your Bitcoin to wherever the hell... But well, where do you push that? You push that to a public key address. So, you know, think of your private yeah. key as, as your password. Your public key, you know, fucking think of it as like an email address or whatever. Or, right. you know, your house address or like your your uh, your bank number, whatever. You know, designated address that can be seen publicly. Now, yeah. I don't know who the fuck is behind these numbers because, you know, they are... Uh, there bitcoin uses the hexadecimal system so if i have this right you know each character in a public key address is 16 figures i think at least mm-hmm. um you know not super techie dude but you know it's a bunch of it's, it's a <laughs> string of of uh you know numbers and in, in uh you know digits and characters so in that sense like yeah if i if i'm suspecting that you know bullshitos. He's been uh he's been talking up all these stats he's been stacking, and uh, he wants to move from his uh, Blockstream green wallet into some cold storage custody. Move it to a cold card, or uh you know Wasabi. Maybe he wants to uh, mix his coins and have them be anonymous. See, this is how we get if we make Bitcoin but, private. But uh, as I was saying, like if you don't have the best op stack and you're being a loudmouth about how much Bitcoin you have then you can go onto a block explorer and, you know, if you move, if I'm guessing that you have whatever amount of Bitcoin and you move it from point A to point B, I can make a guess and if I'm a hacker, then I can try to, you know, steal your Bitcoin or I can at least know that, you know, you're moving that much Bitcoin to that location. Now, the cool thing is that, say that you're moving your Bitcoin from green wallet or you know, Blockstream Green. People just call it Green Wallet. Also, great wallet. It's got like Tor built in. Uh, if you turn that option on, ah, okay. It's great. I, I recommend using Blockstream Green Wallet as like a first wallet. Um, it's, it's a good one, uh, and you know, pretty, pretty pretty safe. I mean, it's made by Blockstream. So uh, if you move your if you move your Bitcoin from Green Wallet to uh, Wasabi or Samurai, what those are basically like privacy focused wallets. And what they let you do is ah, okay. that they let you mix your coins with a bunch of other people. And it's basically like, you know, I got, I got a Benjamin right here. Not really. I don't have a hundred dollar bill in my hand, but say I did. <laughs> and, you know, I'll walk through the airport and I just have a good feeling that, you know, a dog's going to stop me. Cause for some reason, maybe I, maybe this came from, ice cube or i don't know someone famous who does blow and i think that there's too much cocaine uh, traces on this hundred dollar bill i don't i'm very <laughs> very uh very crazy analogy here but we want to treat Bitcoin very on brandon yeah for this yeah for this episode yeah unless yeah. you're trying to call me a cocaine freak then i'm insulted sir not really uh, i'm not i don't do drugs believe it or not i don't do drugs but, um, like, we believe that Bitcoin is fungible. There's no such thing as tainted coins, even if they were, like, spent by a terrorist or whatever. It doesn't matter because mm-hmm. a Bitcoin to a Bitcoin, a yeah. dollar to a dollar. But say I want to, like, I'm a little freaked out and I want to get, like, a clean $100 bill. So I, I do that and I just trade that with, like, you have a clean dollar bill. Uh, you know, surprisingly, Bullshito mm-hmm. is into Coke, but this, act, this Benjamin is not Coke-laced, <laughs> so he was kind enough to uh, exchange for a Coke-laced one. So um, that's essentially, like, <laughs> what you're doing when uh, you use things like Whirlpool and uh, you do coin joins um, in, in these privacy wallets. Right. And, you know, that's one way to anonymize, uh, you know, the, the, the Bitcoin. Like in, like, that's how you make Bitcoin private, and by default, like on the Lightning Network, which is a scaling solution on top of Bitcoin, um, that like by default is like more private, and because it doesn't set your transaction doesn't settle until um, it's like having a tab at a bar, so you're like spending it all night, and then you, at the end of the night you, you like close that tab, and you close that tab, slash you settle on the uh, on the the Bitcoin network on the blockchain. So, you know, all that action is happening on lightning, and no one really knows like what's going on until it's settled as one right. transaction on Bitcoin. Uh, so uh, I mean, the cypherpunks made this thing. like privacy, I mean, the majority of them wanted to have a private digital electronic cash. Yep. And right now for Bitcoin, as it is, it's pseudonymous. And that's how we like it, frankly. And yep. in you know in the future you're not going to be buying your fucking coffee on the blockchain. You're going to be doing it on lightning and yep. other solutions. Maybe you'll settle and buy a house on Bitcoin, or maybe you'll just after a month that you spend on groceries you settle that as like one giant statement, and all those itemized right. transactions are get yep. combined into one and they settle
0: on blockchain. That's where things are heading. So, um, one last question just for my, uh, understanding. So basically, um, let's say, right. I want to, uh, buy a, a, a massive amount of guns, uh, you know, to guard my enormous stockpile of cocaine, um, because I gotta make money somehow, um, if I buy these guns, which I'm not allowed to have uh, with Bitcoin, uh, it's going to be very hard for uh, the Fed uh, or the Germans uh, to essentially trace uh, that transaction back to me. It's going to be difficult in
1: the sense that it's still going to be pseudonymous, but what's important here is like, where did you first get that Bitcoin? You probably got it at an exchange where you had to KYC AML, you know, show them your your, uh, your ID, you know, take a rectal scan, yeah. take a picture of your face, all this, you know. You had to give <laughs> private information over for yeah. you to buy that Bitcoin off forever. So that's why you introduce privacy um, options like Mixing Coins, Because you get that KYC Bitcoin, but then you exchange it for, you know, some other Bitcoin because Bitcoin's fungible, you know, a Bitcoin for a Bitcoin. So it's still Bitcoin. And basically, you know, whatever Bitcoin gets that you get off of, um, you know, wherever like you, I think Cash App is in the EU now. So you got a KYC through Cash App and the Bitcoin you have there, you might want to move that into a, you know, Samurai Wallet, um, do Whirlpool, uh, you know get some different coins and then maybe you know buy guns <laughs> that way because it's not like <laughs> the same bitcoin but um uh i i don't know man like i i don't actually like do a lot of these things because i'm still kind of new and you know yeah i i want to run a node because if you want run a node you are basically being your own bank and you're about, val- you are validating every single transaction and making sure that you're not being cheated Bitcoin because that has happened. that's essentially what happened with the Bcash fork is that people, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I want to get to that point. Eventually I will. It's important because that's <laughs> the ultimate form of embracing self sovereignty. Financial sovereignty is being your own bank, being responsible and fully uh, having ownership over your uh, your finances. Um, so if anyone has questions about OPSEC uh, privacy, uh, I would hit up Matt O'Dell. He is, you know, a stud. He's he's uh, the other half of the Tales from the Crypt podcast, which is an amazing podcast. Like, All right. Probably like the best Bitcoin podcast right now. So hit him up. He's more than... Happy to get you set up with the info that you need. (laughs) He'll probably send you videos of his YouTube tutorials. to show you how to set up a node, how to set up a hardware wallet. Uh, He's got it all there. And if you want to, you know, mind your P's and Q's about privacy and all that jazz, that's the place to go. Uh, Bitcoinonly.com or .org, I can't remember. But, you know, if you just Google Bitcoin-only, that's a great resource as well. Um the, the Bitcoin magazine, uh, Bitcoin magazine, I guess.com is also a great resource. The, uh, Bitcoin guides, um, great place. And I'm also coming out with a, uh, it's just going to be like a one pager. Um, I'll, I I guess I'll keep y'all up to date on that, but it's just going to be super easy. Like Bitcoin one pager landing page of like what it is. And there will be some, uh, You know, it's all about making things user friendly, as we talked about. And with this uh, bull run that's coming up probably within, you know, less than a year or, you know, this next year, it's uh, we're going to get a lot lot more new people, more curiosity. That's the beauty of the network effect of Bitcoin is contagious. It's a virus. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, hopefully it's the, uh, the virus that actually sets us free that we can opt out from this, uh, authoritarian fiat system because, you know, all the h- things that we covered, it's a uh, kind of sucks to suck. <laughs> so <laughs> yep. I, I, as the mean
0: goes, Bitcoin fixes this. All right. Awesome. Um, well, thank you for coming on. Thanks uh, for having me, man. I have been, uh, Significantly uh, enlightened. Um, <laughs> Thanks. So. I I
1: hope I was able to like clearly answer all the the questions you had. And if anyone has any other questions, yeah. like I'm Mr. Sue at Mr. Sue. Uh, that's spelled M R P S E U. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, my name on there is like Phil Gibson in parentheses. Mr. Sue. Just hop in my DMs. Whatever. Um, you know, I can direct you to the right place, and I'll even try to better mm-hmm. explain shit the way. I did on a bit better than I did on this episode, <laughs> but I really hope it helped. And I'm uh, really thankful that you, uh, you reached out and I, uh, yeah, appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, well, thanks again. Uh, do you have any other plugs that you would like to, uh, the world to know? Uh, so
1: yeah, like the podcast, if I, it's called A Boy Named Sue, like the Johnny Cash song, but spelled P S E U for Sue. And it's, you know, I got some nice uh, libertarian episodes from back in the day, but it's pretty much just Bitcoin focused right now. Uh, although, in fact, I'm having a full metal anarchist fr- from Twitter. Him and I are going to do a, a dissection chapter by chapter um, <laughs> Red Pill Book Club. Of the creature from Jekyll Island So chapter by chapter we're going to dissect that So that's going to be, you know, 20-30 episodes in length But, you know, taking these oh, giant wow. concepts Holy shit uh, So, you know, if if you don't want to listen to the 24-hour version of uh, the audiobook or read the book Then you can come listen to us uh, banter about it um, So yeah, I, I, I'm actually going to start... The first episode uh record that today after our chat so i'm really excited oh, about awesome. that so that's coming up my yeah. website is pgibs.io so p-g-i-b-s dot I-O. that's where uh you know download the show you i i'm a musician first and if you mm-hmm. go to like slash music or the music link you can download uh the intro song of my podcast because the full-length version of that song is me I'm playing guitar, bass, singing. Uh, writ the wrote the music for that. I also wrote the the theme song for the Bite in the Bullet podcast, so you can download that for free. I wrote the Roto theme song, so you can download that for free there and some <laughs> other stuff. Uh, uh, Cliffhanger by Philo, that's me on all of the music streaming uh sites and apps, whatever. And I have some uh, some new music. I'm wrapping things up in the studio next week um, because I've just been so enlightened by Bitcoin and I really want to encapsulate all these concepts of just like how important sound money is and how the federal reserve just manipulates, you know, the pricing mechanism and, you know, how we're taking advantage of and it's time for us to really embrace self sovereignty. And, you know, it just, yeah, red pill or orange pill as many people as possible. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, if you're feeling charitable, I have my Cash App thing on like the donate page. So if you want to send my poor ass some uh, some some fiat, <laughs> uh, my PayPal's on there. But you know, I don't really expect that. You get what you pay for, and value subjective. So you might think I'm full of shit, and you don't like my show, and that's completely yeah. cool. Oh yeah. markets.
0: Uh, but, uh, if you're going to pay them pay the man in Bitcoin because PayPal is a fucking scam. Uh, yeah, the amount of money is. they take for every transaction is, <laughs> that pisses me off so much. Yeah. Well, I
1: mean, cash <laughs> app, my cash app is on there. So just like use my cash tag on there. But, uh, I, I don't, yeah. I don't accept Bitcoin because I don't put any, uh, oh, okay. public keys out there just for OPSEC. Again, going back to like privacy. Yeah. Fair enough. But BTC Pay Server, I want to have that up. It's basically like the your own being your own PayPal or Shopify uh, for your own website. Very cool. Very cool. Um, people, some of the like the the old school devs and uh, many more have been working on that, and it, it just goes back to people caring about Bitcoin uh, so much and doing this for free, even. Uh, but you have great companies like Jack uh, Dorsey's uh, Square Crypto, who are giving grants, mm-hmm. you know, full salaries, like very nice salaries to these Bitcoin developers. Um, so, goddamn, uh, yeah, I it's it's growing. People, developer. <laughs> <laughs> people are peop I mean, people are starting to realize the importance of this innovation, and it's beautiful. And better get some yeah. some Bitcoin now. Stack your sats because uh, you know it might. To, Better get some now before it catches on, as Satoshi himself said. Oh, and speaking of Stacking stats, if you are in the States, if you go to swanbitcoin.com slash fill, you'll get yourself some $10 worth of free Bitcoin, and you'll also throw some uh, Bitcoin okay. my way as well. If you're not in the States, CoinFloor is a great option in, in the, the UK, and as we mentioned here, uh, Cash App is also great because they're in the EU as well. Uh, but look for any of the, yeah. the dollar costs averaging uh, buying Bitcoin solutions. Cause that's easiest to just gets taken out of your uh, bank account. You don't even have to think about it. You don't have to worry about, about price. It's, uh, it's beautiful. Just stay humble, stack sats and, uh, get self oh, sovereign.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Uh, just quickly before we go, uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you like it, um, you may have noticed that I sound like poor. Um if you want to help me sound less like a poor, uh go to patreon.com slash Bolsido and uh B-U-L-L uh, Shido oh and poll. There's also a poll after that, like Bolsido Poll, as in Bolsido and Politics. Uh and choose any of the uh four tiers. There's the uh $2 uh, minority tier, $5 Dutch tier. Ten dollar American tier and twenty dollar Italian tier, ranked based on how well you are at managing uh, your money. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, Shots fired, man. <laughs> Speaking of which, if you want to get like a great Bitcoiner
1: from Italy, uh, reach out to uh, Giacomo Zucco because uh, he's all about that.
0: Awesome. Anyway. Um, Yeah, uh, and then lastly, um, if you enjoyed this podcast, you might also enjoy the other podcasts in the thread. Those being uh, Burning Boots, Punk Libertarians, The Second Liberty, Anarchy for the Gaslighters, From the Planet, Those Arrested, Normal Libertarians, Twin Mustache, Unchecked Liberties, Lauren Hardy, Pump, Instruction Inc, and Two Fabs and in Black. Um, And that is that.
1: still creepy shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs>